All right, so tonight's lesson is going to be Godly Love Equals Obedience. If I've always started sounding a little bit raspy, it's just because I've had some kind of silent stuff this week, um, but pretty good distance away from you guys. Hopefully you guys don't catch nothing here. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and roll through it. Um, the last candle of the Advent season is love. And uh, love is a concept in America today that is just widely debated. You see love thrown around more than I think any other word in the American culture. And love is used in a lot of different terms. And so trying to define love on Christmas is really important because the kind of love that's shown in the Bible is really vastly different from the world, the worldly love that we see on TV and is advertised and is promoted in our culture today. And so I want to kind of go over that a little bit this, tonight on what is worldly love and what does godly love look like? What are the differences there in those kind of loves? And so worldly love, you look up dictionary definitions and you look up what people say in our culture today in society, you can kind of combine together all of those things. And the definition I came up with was <clears throat> it's a strong desire or feeling toward a person or thing. Uh, this desire is likely a sexual feeling. Most of them have a sexual <clears throat> concept to it. Um, but the important thing I want to kind of focus in on there is a strong desire or feeling toward a person or thing. So in our culture today, society today, love is all about an emotion, a feeling towards somebody. Uh, you feel something in the inside, you know, sexual desire, obviously there's some kind of feeling there, uh, but it's some kind of deep kind of feeling that you have. Now, it's not, necessarily, it's not wrong to have those kind of feelings toward certain people as long as you control it, but unfortunately, uh, that kind of love never actually lasts. It's not everlasting love. That kind of love always ends up failing because it's not sustainable. Here's why. Um, there's two issues primarily with worldly kind of love that's all about feelings-based. One is feelings are fatal. And what I mean by that is just because you feel in love with somebody one day, when that person makes you mad, and that person upsets you, because everybody will, because everybody's sinful and broken, and so that person makes you mad or upset, and you all of a sudden don't feel that in love feeling in the moment, instead you feel angry or mad or, or, or maybe even like some vengeance toward that person, then you just kind of say, okay, well, I guess I'm not in love with that person anymore, and back out of the relationship. And that's why a lot of marriages in, in America today fail because they're feeling-based marriages. People get married because in the moment they felt like they really loved this person and the person was making them happy. Maybe they're getting you know, some kind of sexual desire from that person in today's culture. So they marry that person and think, oh, it's always going to be this way. And then all of a sudden when that first trial comes and they find out something they don't like about the person or they have a disagreement or an argument, they just divorce because that's the easiest thing and I'll just go on and, and, and find somebody else I feel in love with later and marry, and marry them. And that's why a lot of people have two, three, four wives or two, three, four husbands throughout their lifetime. And that's not God's original plan. And so the other, the other issue of worldly love, with this feeling base, is feelings are flaky. Here's what I mean by that. Our emotions are constantly changing. So many people will say they feel something, and then the next day they'll feel something different. It happens a lot, especially in middle school or high school. Because your hormones are changing, um, and so you may feel really good one day, and you're really excited and in a good mood. And so you start talking to this boy or girl you like, and things are going really well, and you're like, man, this might work out great. 
you wake up the next morning and all of a sudden you're not really in a different mood. You feel kind of, you know, dragging your feet and the person's the most annoying person you can ever imagine the next day. Um, and so it kind of goes back and forth. And so, again, if you base your love off of feelings, you already have a death sentence on that relationship eventually, and it's going to be flaky the entire time. Even if you don't immediately break up, it's going to be a flaky relationship. And so, what I wanted to talk about tonight was what is godly love, and what's the, what's the kind of love that Jesus came in to bring. Um, so the kind of love that Jesus came in to bring is actually obedient love. And here's what I mean by that. I want you guys to catch this tonight. Godly love equals obedience. The kind of love that Jesus brought down to earth was the kind of love that was totally sought out for God. He was totally obedient to God. And he also encouraged others to love God the same way. And he showed the ultimate love and act of obedience by dying on the cross for us, which we'll talk about in a second. But his whole mission here on earth could be summed up as he was obedient completely to God. And because of that, he showed God the ultimate kind of love you could show God. And here's what, I, here's what I'm going to dive into here. So I think all of us that are Christians could agree tonight that Jesus loved God completely and perfectly. You know, he, he never sinned, never made a mistake. And so Jesus is our example on how to love God uh, completely and perfectly, but we have to say, well, how did he do that? What did, his, what did that look like in his life, and how can that look in our lives today? So I want to dive into this here. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it says this right here. For God is my, oh, I'm sorry, this is, that's chapter 1. Um, ver, chapter 2, verse 8, it says, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. Now catch this. It's talking about Jesus. And became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So what do you guys to catch out again here? Jesus humbling himself, he became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So it talks about right there, what was Jesus' mission here on earth? What sums up his life? He was obedient even to the point of death to God. And he loved God perfectly and completely. So the way he showed that was by obeying God. And God's plan for Jesus was for him to come to earth and to die on the cross, even though he didn't deserve it, so he could then raise from the dead and defeat death and sin so we could have eternal life if we put our faith in him and repentance. And so... Because of God's love for us, Jesus had to also be obedient to also exemplify that love. He was obedient even to the point of death. Now, what you have to catch what Jesus says about loving him and see the similarities here. So if we're going to love Jesus and love God, I want you to listen to what Jesus says himself about how you can actually truly, fully love him and what pleases God the most. And this is in John, and it's in chapter 14, and it says this right here. Again, John chapter 14, and it says in verse 21, it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, catch that, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. 
And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we'll catch that again here. Jesus tells us right there plainly in John, he who has not commanded me keeps them, that is the one that I love. So Jesus demonstrated love toward God in a perfect way by being obedient even to the point of death on the cross. He was willing to do whatever God said because he loved God. And he's saying, if you love me the same way that I love God, which is what I'm telling you to do, then you should love me to do whatever I'm calling you to do without question and be fully committed to me. And if, you, if you're like that, then I, I know that you love me. And so if you look around today... At different, at different people and different Christians, you can say, is that person really a follower of Jesus? Does that person really love Jesus? You can ask it for yourself. Do I really love Jesus? And the mark of a, of a true Christian is somebody that is fully sought out to God's commands. That's living by the Bible the absolute best of their ability. Does that make sense? You guys? So would you guys listen here? So what, is it, what, is it, what does this mean for us? Okay, what does it mean for us today? Um, and I want you guys to think about this. It means that Jesus will only support things that bring glory to God. And he's only going to act in ways that do as well. So furthermore, Jesus hates the things that God disapproves of and earnestly desires for people to turn away from these things. So again, if we're going to model our lives and our love after Jesus' love for God, then Jesus also commands us to do the same thing, to love the things that God loves and to disapprove of the things that God disapproves of. So the only way you can do that is to know God's Word, to know what God's Word says. If you don't know what the Bible says, if you don't know what God's Word says, then you can't accurately live by His commandments. Um, and so uh, I want you guys to think about this here. Uh, in our society today, especially in a lot of modern-day churches um, that are maybe not necessarily following the Bible as they should, but they have big audiences. Sometimes the reason they have those big audiences is because their message to the general congregation in the world today is Jesus was all about love and acceptance. And, and the problem with that is, again, the worldly definition of love is not the same as the biblical definition, but also Jesus was not all about acceptance. Jesus was about turning away from things that God doesn't accept and accepting him as your personal savior. And there's a big difference in that. And so when you think about the world today, Jesus came to earth for the sinners. But he didn't come to earth just to hang out with the sinners, to kick back and relax, to go play some pool, you know, to go play some football in today's world, whatever it may look like. He didn't come for that purpose. He came to lead the sinners to repentance so they could experience God's love for all eternity. But Jesus didn't come just to hang out with sinners. If you do that, it's pointless. He hung out with the sinners to draw them to God through repentance. Otherwise, there was no point in that. And I want you guys to listen to a verse in the Bible here today. And it's in Luke chapter 5, verse 31. And then Jesus says this. He says, Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. So people take 
passages in the Bible that are about Jesus hanging out with sinners, and Jesus going over to Lazarus' house, and Jesus going over to Zechari- uh, Zechariah's house, and um, it talks about different, different stories in the Bible where Jesus hung out with sinners, and they take those verses out of context and say, see, we're supposed to love all people and accept all people and just, and just have some kumbaya here. And that's not, the, that's not the, 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 what Jesus' message is. Jesus' message is God loves all people. You can only be in a relationship with God if you turn to me. And if you don't turn to me, you're going to be separated from God for all eternity. So Jesus' mission was to hang out with the walls so he can draw them to God. There's a lot of people today that have friends, and probably all of us have friends, myself included, that are not living lifestyles as they should. They're living lifestyles very contrary to the Bible, and they're involved in a lot of sin. And many times, we don't like to call that out or point them to the truth because we want them to like us. And we want to just, you know, be friends with everybody, and we, and we coat that with saying that, well, that's what Jesus would want. Jesus would be nice to them and just loving to them. Well, Jesus would show them love, and again, true love is showing them the love of God. And the only way they're ever going to experience the love of God is through repentance. So if you don't show them the truth and eventually point them to the way they're supposed to live based off what God's Word says, now you do that through grace and with truth and with love and gentleness, but if you never do that, then you've wasted that opportunity. You've wasted that relationship God's blessed you with. Sometimes God's going to bless you with people in your life that are non-Christians, that are lost, because God wants you to be with, with these people, just like Jesus. But he wants you to be a light for Jesus to these people and eventually point them to him. If you never get to that point, then you waste that opportunity. And you're not really showing that person true love. Because if you think about this today, the best gift you can ever give anybody is to show them the gift that Jesus gave them on the cross. And so, because if they turn to him in repentance, they can, they can have eternity with him in heaven. So, if you never share that gift with that person, you never show them the truth, and you just let them continue to live in their sinful lifestyle, one, they're going to get involved in some really bad things down the road. And two, then you neglected to show them the greatest love of all. And so, you really didn't truly love that person like you thought you did. And it was actually a selfish kind of love. It was all about just wanting them to like you and for them to approve of you. But that's not, and that's kind of love the world promotes today is love equals acceptance. Where if somebody loves you, it means they accept everything about you. And they just let you live how you want to live. That's not love in the Bible. That's a selfish kind of love. And love is selfless. Love is saying that I'm going to go out of my way to even have hard conversations if I have to with, with, the, with my friend and my family because I love them and I desire the best for them. If I desire the best for them and I want them to see God and I want them to live a life that honors God, because I know that's the only life that's going to give them true joy and happiness and peace, then I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, maybe them liking me in the moment so they can hear that truth and it changed their life for all eternity. So I want you guys to think about and get your notepads out that I gave you. I want you guys to write some things down. I want you guys to think just for a little bit tonight. Yeah. I want you to think for a little bit tonight. Name at least two. If you have more, you can name more. Friends, co-workers, classmates that you hang around with on a fairly often basis that you know are not Christians. 
Just write their name down. Get this for you to keep. What the people you hang out with? Uh, if you don't know, you can just put it down. You can go ahead and put them down. Uh, yeah. if, you don't, if, you don't, if you don't know, that's, that's the, you can put it right okay, so down. Like, every single one of my friends are like one. I, I, one of my friends is I know person, and the other one I have no clue. Well, go ahead and put their, just put them I down write, real quick. I'll write down the two that I have friends. Okay. Yeah, the ones you for sure know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and if you don't know, yeah, put their names down too. That, that's perfectly fine. I'll give you guys just a second, but again, you're going to write down. Yeah, and if you don't know, then again, that's still an opportunity to share with them because if you don't know, then you don't want to leave not knowing. Yeah. Why don't you write their Just write their names down. We're going to get to something else in a second here. So after you write their names down, you guys just keep writing their names down. I want you to write beside their names um, different moments that you shared Christ with them, whether you invited them to church or you shared the gospel. And if you didn't do it at all, that's okay. Just put a zero there. Uh, we'll just put like, you know, an X, but you haven't done that yet. So I actually, I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. And, and if you don't know the exact time, just, that's okay. You can estimate. Sure, that's okay. Yeah, so just think about, think about, like I said, times you shared the gospel with them, and just write down a few of those times and sign that person's name. Okay, now as you guys, are, I'll give you some time here in a second, but as you guys are doing that, the last thing I want you to write down is I want you to look at your list of all your friends that you either don't know or you know for sure they're not a Christian, and then the times you have or have not shared with them, and the ones that you have not shared Christ with at all, I want you to write down some ways at the bottom that maybe you can do that as 2024 comes comes around the corner. As the new year comes around the corner, what are some ways that you can try to share the gospel with them? And if the person on your list you have shared the gospel with a few times, maybe think down, what is a different way I can really share the gospel with them? Maybe they not, they're not receptive to me just sharing the word with them. Maybe they would come to a youth event. Maybe they would come to church. Maybe they would come and do this, you know, to a Christian concert or something. Think of some other ways you might can minister to them and write that down. And what this is basically going to serve as is kind of your goals for 2024. So as you go into 2024, these are the people that God's placed in your life that are non-believers. <clears throat> and each one of them you may have shared with a little bit, but probably many of them you haven't shared with at all. And so your goal for 2024 it's to find ways to share the gospel with each individual person. And again, the way you share the gospel may look different for each person. If you shared it one time with a person and maybe they weren't receptive of it, maybe you share it a different way or invite them to something different that still ends up showing them who God is. But I want you guys to think about ways you can share the gospel with those people throughout the next year. And that would be a wonderful, wonderful place to start as, you, as we embark on this Christmas season and beyond. Because the greatest gift you can ever give anyone is point them to the gift of salvation that is offered to them through what Jesus has done for us. However, present the true gospel that without repentance there is no salvation. But through repentance there is everlasting love and joy that come from the Father in heaven. This is the greatest command that we have. When you think about this, the greatest command we have in the Bible from Jesus 
And he leaves this earth as what? To go and make disciples of all nations. So if you love Jesus, like Jesus loves God, then you're fully obedient to him. And you're going to live out that command. And as you live out that command, you're not only showing love to Jesus, and Jesus is going to bless you because of that, but you're also showing those people that you, that you share with the greatest love in all of history. And that's the absolute best thing you can do for them. So let me pause the video here. I'll give you guys some time.